Rachel Weisz is playing twin sisters in a gender flip remake of the film Dead Ringers. Here she is on the brilliantly dark new series. Sometime around 2016, 17, I just suddenly, I was looking for uh, material and thinking about sisters and it just came to me, oh, I wonder if that would be possible. I mean, women are twins and women are gynecologists and there didn't seem to be any any reason why not. I also speak to the series creator and writer Alice Birch in today's Girls on Film. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith. The new Prime video series, Dead Ringers, is based on the 1988 horror thriller from David Cronenberg, which starred Jeremy Irons as twin gynaecologists. You mean to say there's two of them? They're twins, dear. I think we should drop her there. You drop her. The new series gives the story a fascinating feminist spin as Rachel Weisz plays identical twins Beverly and Elliot Mantle. It's another riveting watch from Alice Birch, whose writing you'll know from Lady Macbeth, Normal People, Succession and The Wonder. Dead Ringers explores the intense relationship between the twins, who are brilliant, controversial scientists. It takes an unflinching look at female fertility and health, as well as sexuality. I recently hosted an online discussion with Rachel Weiss and Alice Birch with an audience as part of the Women in Film and TV UK events programme. The conversation was so fascinating that we just had to share it with you, the girls on film listeners. Enjoy. So it's great pleasure for mine to introduce our guest this evening. Uh, first of all, actor Rachel Weiss, welcome. Lovely to have you with us. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much. Rachel is, of course, the double lead and executive producer for the series. And we have writer and playwright, the wonderful Alice Birch. Welcome, Alice. Thank you. So Alice is, of course, the creator, writer and executive producer of Dead Ringers. Um, so the three of us are going to have a chat uh, and then we're going to cut to the audience for a 15 minute Q&A. So Dead Ringers is coming to Prime Video on April the 21st. And I'm lucky enough to have seen all six episodes Spoiler free, I'm going to just say it is thrilling, thought-provoking, groundbreaking. Congratulations to you both. It's impossible to explain this relationship to anyone outside of it. We just cut a baby out of a woman's womb. She asked us to. We didn't just, like, do it. She's the funny one. My sister and I do work that is groundbreaking, but hopeful, radical, but safe. Thank you. It's an incredibly distinctive watch and something I'm, I'm really excited about. And obviously, bearing in mind some people watching haven't seen it yet. Um, I'll come to you first, Alice, and say that, of course, this is a modern remake of the film by David Cronenberg um, about twin gynecologists who are male. Can you talk to me about the decision to change the gender of the twins and what kind of fresh opportunities that opens up? I mean, it was it was always sort of just a fact of our series, um, I think 
the idea was first, it was Rachel's idea. Um, she was a fan of the Cronenberg. And um, and then daydreaming a few few years later, like maybe maybe this would could work as a as a gender flip and and more specifically, maybe this could be something that, that you could play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then went to get the rights and, and worked with um Sue Neagle, who was at um Annapurna and um and tried to get the rights and the rights were granted. Um and then they came to me, which was a was a lovely day. <laughs> um and I think I hadn't seen the Cronenberg film, um, so watched it and then watched it again. And um I mean it was so singular and extraordinary and unlike anything I'd seen. Um and I felt quite uh frightened but excited by the potential challenge. Like that that sort of it there was quite a lot of adrenaline there already. Um and it just it felt like it's just an extraordinary relationship at the center of it. These these twins who are so codependent and share everything and live together and work together. And it had such a specific, strange, extraordinary tone. And I think, yeah, I sort of felt like we could get, we could definitely get six hours of material out of this. We could spend spend some real time with these new twins and, and being able to write two parts for Rachel Weiss was like that that was like immediately very cool. <laughs> Rachel, I'm curious to know because I'm also a fan of the film. Um and at what point did that did you do you remember the moment where you suddenly thought, hey, this this would really work with two women? I mean I watched the film many times since 1988. Uh, I I guess sometime around 2000 I can't pinpoint the day uh but around 2016 17 I just suddenly I was looking for uh material and thinking about sisters and it just came to me oh I wonder if that would be possible I mean women are twins and women are gynecologists and there didn't seem to be any any reason why not but the obviously the rights had to be um granted first well, it does give it a very different aspect, doesn't it? And I love the way, Alice, that um, you take a slightly, well, a very different approach to the fertility issues and perhaps the priorities of the twins um, in this. Would you like to speak a little bit more about that? The wonderful thing about working on this show all the time was was being able to have to sort of build characters who had two very different drives and ambitions and appetites and perspectives on this. And so one twin, our Beverly, is maybe like more reserved and um and and shy, um, hugely ambitious still though, and is sort of particularly interested in so we made our twins obstetricians as well as gynecologists, which is obviously very different from the Cronenberg um and that I think is where her passion is it's in sort of she feels that there's something wrong with the system the way in which women sort of have to move through that and give birth and that that doesn't empower women and doesn't isn't very responsive and it isn't sort of it also crucially isn't safe and so she has really clear ideas about how to change that and um and knows what she needs to make that happen, which is a lot of money, um, to kind of to, to build a birthing centre. Yeah, I think she sort of tends more towards the the natural and the sort of empowering women. And then Elliot, I think, isn't interested in any of that really. I think um, I think she 
loves her sister very much, but teases her about that sort of earnest, slight earnestness and, and the, the do-gooder in her um, and is much more excited by the science and pushing boundaries. And I think she sort of wants to discover absolutely everything that could be possible and that could be done um, and is probably more interested in the in the fertility side of things rather than the obstetrics. But they're both hugely ambitious and quite brilliant. They are absolutely fascinating characters, both of them. And Rachel, you are phenomenal at playing both. It must have been quite an interesting challenge to do this one. Can you talk to me a little bit about switching between those those roles? Well, thank you. Yeah, I had Alice's words. I had on the page these radically different characters. I mean, Alice just outlined their career dreams and passions and goals. And they're both fiercely driven towards those two goals. They're they're both also brilliant doctors in terms of the way in which they can deliver babies. They're, They're very, very good. I would I would choose Beverly if I was giving birth because she's 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 the more empathic one. But Elliot's still a very she's a very good doctor. But psychologically, um, they're very different from each other. Um, Elliot is uh, voraciously hungry for everything: food, sex, experience, um, uh, career, the the lot. And and as as Alice mentioned, Beverly's much more shy and reserved and careful and has a very complicated relationship to pleasure um I could go on uh for for hours describing their differences but I I won't right now but suffice it to say that on the page in the dialogue that Alice wrote I had two completely distinct characters to play so I I I just had to get to know them both yeah Um, and then um yeah there were technical challenges which we can talk about if you're interested in but uh that was that was how I got into the characters is through the writing Delivering babies. Like opening a birthing centre so we can do literally just that until the end of time. Non-stop babies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do it our way. Total control. Birthing centre. Lab. Well, well, lab. Fucking yes. The lab is a fucking thing. Hey. You guys have, like, exactly the same face. Yeah? No shit. Well, of course, when you're watching it, you know, it, it is it, your mind goes to the technical aspects um, and how that's physically possible and how brilliantly that is done. Yeah, well, we, ha- we had a brilliant um, VFX uh, supervisor, mm-hmm. Eric Pascarelli, yeah, who's an artist and a genius mm-hmm. and a brilliant collaborator. I'm playing two characters who are talking to each other next to each yeah. other in the scene. <laughs> so I'd start with one twin, Elliot, then change into... Uh, hair and makeup and costume for the other twin and um, Alice the director would choose a hero take of Elliot's and then I'd play Beverly on mm-hmm. the other side of the screen and and the whole crew the whole production uh, was was kind of doing the t- twin swap with me on the technical side of things behind the lens behind the lens so it was it was a group collaboration with the production team and it was challenging at first mm-hmm. I would say hair-raisingly challenging but exhilarating I mean it was a proper like you know high wire act but we got better and better at it Mm -hmm. and by the end we were we just was zipping along yeah yeah it was it was it was very joyful super challenging and super joyful that's probably quite a good way to describe watching it as well because it is challenging there's so much going on but I, I was getting a great deal of glee out of seeing your fantastic performances and also the dark humor that comes out of of this and and the contrast between the characters 
that you outlined. Um, Alice, do you want to talk to me a little bit about the tone and particularly perhaps, you know, with all the writers getting that that very interesting balance between challenging and provocative and, and thriller, but also darkly funny and dramatic? I mean, it's so, it's so lovely to hear you describe the things that we hoped could, we could put into the show. I mean, I think it was, you know, when when we were building these characters who had such huge ambitions and appetites and um, a sort of hopefully very complex, um, you sort of then want to let them loose and let them do everything. And, um, you know, and I think being able to, like, try try and manage a, a tone that that can also kind of travel and and be hopefully in one minute moving and um dramatic and difficult um can then also be very funny sometimes quite silly um and then and then and then take a turn and be something else and be sort of you know suspenseful and and horror um we had a really wonderful team of writers and Rachel was like joined us in the writer's room for the process, which is quite unusual, but was like wonderful and wonderful for us. And she was really there like as a, as a storyteller with us. And um, yeah, we talked, I mean, we just with everybody was kind of throwing in so many references and stories and personal experiences and, you know books short stories plays photography pieces of art like it was so, it was sort of like everybody was trying to tell a lot all the time all at once and I think I think that kind of slightly frantic energy became part of the making of the of the show as well and sort of you know sort of contributed to the to the tone which I I think hope hopefully does try to 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 be many things yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing that this is a mostly, if not all, female or female identifying writers room, and you can definitely see the, the results of that on screen. Rachel, how was it for you being in the room, and how did it benefit you in terms of your performance? It was lovely to be to be there. I really enjoyed it. It was a wonderful experience in that. I mean, Alice just described everyone makes offers of you know nonfiction articles and pieces of art, photography, or um, personal stories, or in the main, um, used our imagination. So people just say, you know, what what if this happened? I mean, not this, but what if this happened and made offers? And I guess there were so many, there are so many layers to the history of the characters that we talked about, things that happened to them in their childhood, and um, many, many things that didn't end up on the screen that I, I, I have in the in the back of my imagination when I then went to learn the lines that I mean there were so many stages because then Alice the Alice and the writers went to the script and then I got the script so I just I guess like archaeological layers I had many many layers to these characters and I'd been in conversation with Alice for many months possibly over a year even before the writers room so the whole thing's been a long conversation of getting to know these two women these fictional characters it feels like a real collaborative effort in every way. Um, do either of you want to talk more about some of the production team and the people that you work with on this outside of the writers' room? Yeah, I mean, I we were incredibly lucky by like in everybody that joined us. People really, it was always my favourite thing. We were talking about this earlier when someone would come and make a a really strong offer, and that you know had sort of read the scripts and and then gone away, and, and then they would come back with photos and references and ideas, and and that sort of just just kept feeding I think that was like that was really wonderful you know like Kerry Langerman who's the costume designer 
she read the scripts and I think both of us had sort of felt like I can't always quite picture what they were wearing there was one line about Beverly having something with quite complicated buttons and then she came with these incredible mood boards and references and really clear ideas and it was suddenly like you know it was it was like meeting the character it's sort of it's, it's so wonderful because you see it feels so like it's it's all been seen and someone someone sees it and gets it and they've taken it to another level and they bought their own ideas and that just happened consistently you know across the series and working with all of the directors, you know, Sean Durkin, who directed the first two episodes um, and co-directed the final episode he came with, with just a really clear idea about how how he saw saw the show and saw the twins. And then each director that we worked with, you know, I think the first episode begins in quite a grounded place and by the end we're somewhere quite heightened and different. And in order to make that journey, we wanted to make each episode quite different from its previous one whilst not disrupting the rhythm and I think one of the ways that we managed to do that or you know we're interested in doing that was was to work with directors who have a really strong visual language of their own and who you know brought really their own their own sort of vision to the project and that was that was really satisfying sort of getting a new a new director for each episode and and just following following their vision as well. Yeah, I remember the first um, costume fitting with Carrie and walked into a room and she had a rack of clothes for Beverly mm. and a rack for Elliot. And she said, how do you want to begin? And that was the first sort of first piece of business outside of our imaginations. It was real. It was yeah. there, there were their clothes and their shoes and their coats. Mm. And it was a great it was a great moment. But it was it was her interpretation. Yeah. And it seemed completely not things I'd thought of before, but they seem yeah. so right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's very brilliant. I'm envious of, sort of quite a lot of the wardrobe in this, actually. Yeah, especially Elliot's, I have to say. It's really lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, as you say, it all is very distinctive and feeds into the, the story. Um, and you have to really concentrate watching this series, by the way, to those who haven't watched it. And that makes it all the more exciting, I think. Um so I wanted to talk a little bit more about the planning and the research, because I understand that a number of experts like doctors, scientists and midwives um, consulted on the series um, because it does feel, although there's maybe a sci-fi element, it feels incredibly credible um, in many ways. So can either of you speak to me a little bit about that? Yeah, we. I mean, that was always a really absolutely crucial part of it. I think as soon as you're saying, okay, well, they're obstetricians and they're gynecologists, and one of them happens to be possibly the what maybe the most brilliant scientist alive today, who sort of need to reach like reach for the experts. Um, <laughs> but it was like again, like joyful. It was so interesting. Mm. Just learnt so much. Um, we spoke to people before the room and then during the room. I mean, we spoke to an embryologist, an endocrinologist, um, a scientist who works in longevity medicine, um, sort of treating death as a preventable disease. And of course, yeah, midwives and obstetricians. And then and then every time there was a birth on, on set, we would have those experts with us as well to sort of make sure that everything felt really accurate. You know, Elliot is doing groundbreaking scientific work, but everything that she talks about being interested in has like has its roots in something real we did we didn't sort of invent any of her, her science she's just maybe taking it further than anyone is quite yet we talked about it as like near fi I think Rachel in terms of both the, the twins and their respective 
approaches to their work. Did you, I mean, you've explained rather helpfully how you sort of switched between the roles like physically, but mentally, uh, you know, what kind of preparation were you doing in between those, that kind of switch um, to kind of get into a different mode? By the time we started filming, there wasn't time to do anything apart from change. So right. I, by the time we were filming, I could, I could access either twin in a, immediately there was nothing I, I had to do they were just both uh inside me as a character in the way that any character would be when you're working and the director says action you just they got to be there and and in this case there were just two of them but yeah. who loved each other crazily and were codependent and uh you know just way too close to each other and um yeah they're obsessed with each other but had to be pulled apart by the by the character of Genevieve that I don't know if we want to get into, but yeah. Genevieve is a terrific character, but yeah, no, please do if we can get in without spoilers um, that, you know, that there is a person that comes in the way in someone's eyes of, of the relationship between the, the sisters. The, t- the twins have never, they've never really been apart from one another. They work together, they live together, they do everything together and that's working really well for Elliot. It's mm-hmm. maybe secretly really secretly like maybe she's not even conscious of it herself mm. I don't know that would be a, a question for you really more but, yeah but maybe isn't working quite so well for Beverly and and um something that we loved in the Cronenberg is is really the idea of a, a doctor falling in love with a patient or and and mm. and beginning that story um yeah and then and then spoilers will come so I'll stop I really like her. What do you mean? It's none of your business. Everything's my business, not this. They're both brilliant, they're both liabilities. We are extraordinary. You're a psychopath. Oh, well, if I'm a psycho, you're a psycho. We are as close to perfection as you can get. That is just nuts. I love it. You don't need anyone else. You never have. You were looking really crazy for a while there. As it turns out, I'm really sane. Isn't that wonderful? Did you consult real life twins themselves much in in the writing and the, the making of this or preparation at all? We met with a couple of twins mm-hmm. um, separately. Yeah, um, which was really interesting. But <clears throat> I think this is well. I know that this is a work of. Alice and the other writers' imagination. So it's it's more much more heightened than it's. We, we didn't draw from any twins that we met in that sense. No, no. It sort of felt like it wouldn't. I mean, it's always interesting, but it wouldn't be. I think because it's so extreme, their relationship and their codependence and the intensity of it, that mm. we knew that we were doing. We were really quickly going to be in a land of fiction, and and that yeah, we could use our imaginations more than. Because they're, as Alice has said, that they, you know they're brilliant at their jobs, and they're, you know Elliot may be one of the great scientific minds, but their their private lives are really dysfunctional and uh, very messy mm-hmm. and quite strange. Yes, 
So yeah, they're not, uh, they may be trying to change, they may have noble aspirations, but I wouldn't say they have a noble private life, whatever that is. I'm not sure anybody does, but there's, there is, private life is extremely not noble. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's what I love to see is complex women on screen and not stereotypes, not archetypes. And they certainly do both have very colourful personal lives. Um, Is there an aspect in which you think um, that the two twins sort of represent two sides of anyone watching or any person, you know, the, the kind of conflict within ourselves, um, you know, the, the push and pull of you're not good and bad, but, you know, the different grey areas in, in our psyche. Do you think that's something that um, you were aware of, perhaps, Alice, in, in, in the writing, that, that people might respond that way? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I I think I felt like that. Yeah. Um, Certainly, sometimes during the writing, and and how we how we had some of the conversations in the writers' room about um, certainly about their sort of aspirations or feelings towards you know philanthropy or science or you know uh, medical ethics. They they're they're quite different. They feel quite differently, um, and that just becomes. A, I mean, that's such a gift for a group of writers to be able to. Just keep because one person will make a case for something very passionately, and then immediately the twin can come around and sort of make fun of it, or deflate it, or attack it, or you know completely dismantle it, and then and then it can begin again. It was sort of constantly working in a in a loop, so that because I think the things that they that drive them and the, the conversations that they have in the world that they sit in I don't feel that there are easy answers to any of those questions and I'm much more interested in continuing to ask the ask the questions um so that was that was like a lovely gift as a writer again leads to some fantastic comedy there's some great um scenes in my mind now that I'm recalling um and of course some of those scenes involve a lot of other actors again without spoilers would would you like to talk about some of the incredible cast that you've assembled for this alongside Rachel yes amazing Brittany Oldford who who plays the patient um uh who we've called Genevieve in a sort of a nod to um in the Cronenberg the character of Claire is played by Genevieve Bourgeois yes I spotted that yes there's quite a few references on there like that yes and then she is in a tv show um she's an actress the same as in the Cronenberg yeah Michael Chernus playing Elliot's you always say he's your only friend. Best and only friend. Well, because <laughs> other than Beverly, yeah. it's Elliot's, yeah, it's best Tom. and only friend. Yeah, they went to college together in mm-hmm. England and he works in the lab with her. And mm-hmm. Michael Chernus is just a sublime, a sublime actor, in- incredibly fun. I mean, I find him as a performer very, very funny. funny, but also he's, his character is deeply moral and trying to do the right thing and is very shocked by Elliot. Well, I know that he, well. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, yeah, I think he's moral. He's moral by Elliot's standards. But oh. He's, no, 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 he is, he is, he is. And he's a sort of, it's a really like brilliant, funny, but vulnerable performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have Jennifer Ely and Emily Mead um, playing a brilliant uh power couple power couple yeah <laughs> who the twins twins go to for to maybe maybe beg for some beg for some money and um for a few million dollars that they need for to support their dreams yeah 
Yeah, they're re- spectacular, both of them. I mean, just just watching some of those those scenes when you're all together, and particularly dinner table scenes, it seems to be such rich territory, doesn't it? The dinner table scene, Alice, and, and you and your team make such wonderful work of that. Yeah, I do. I really, I always write dinner party scenes. I mean, <laughs> I'm very happy when there's food around um, and everyone. <laughs> gathered at the table and it it sort of it just I mean it's just immediately sort of offering a lot of really good drama you've sort of got many people sat around that table and um and trying to keep every character present and in the space is just it's like a really fun challenge to write and then they always go wrong which is which is like a lot of a lot of fun to write and and also um Jeremy Shamos who plays Joseph who works with the twins to oh yeah help them with their dream he's just he delivers such a such a, a brilliant sort of complicated performance and um just I, I just think he he makes so much of that character with such, with such a light touch he was yeah everybody was a real sort of joy to work with and there's some great scenes where people talk over each other and interrupt each other which I always like to see because that's something that happens in real life and even in this heightened reality um feels very credible yeah, none of that was improvisation. That's all script, even though overlaps are scripted by Alice. I don't think there was any any improv. Don't need it when you have her writing it. <laughs> feels like improv, yeah. I just have to like do a big nod to the editors there as well because those scenes are mm. extra. I mean, like everybody, like I love writing a really long dinner scene in which twins are involved. You know, that I'm having a really nice time at my laptop, and then <laughs> everybody has to like work incredibly hard to pull it off, and you know, props and VFX and everybody, and then the editors did an incredible job. Like, and that was their their hardest. Those scenes, those yeah. scenes were the hardest ones, and I think they they did did it beautifully. Well, the music is a big part of this as well. Um, would you like to speak about that? I mean, not not only every episode being filled with fascinating music, but then ending on quite strong choices with each one, which they say a little bit of something about what's been happening. Yeah, we always wanted it to have a really good soundtrack and particularly, um, you know, 80, songs from the 80s. That felt like a nice way to nod nod to the Cronenberg. And, um, and yeah, I've very very happy you mentioned those songs at the end because it's sort of I suppose again that sort of feels like the twins like the episode might end in one way and and often in a like a, a dramatic way maybe and um and then that music is there to kind of to be a bit playful yeah you okay oh I'm brilliant you want me to grow you a baby out of nothing? Bring it on. Let's do the research. Let's make anything happen. It is. And I'm grateful for that actually, because it does sometimes it's quite heavy content, as you say, but that's a really generous choice of yours <laughs> at the end. But particularly, you know, I mean, I'm particularly interested in that. I'm sure everyone watching from the aspect of women working together and women creating this show together. Anything else you wanted to touch upon in this conversation? I mean, I, th- I think it, it was definitely something that you you know you're conscious of and you and you're sort of interested in and striving towards. But we also really like genuinely every time we're approaching the best, 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 best people for the job. I mean, the writers' room being all female, it was wonderful, and it was you know wonderful that people could share stories and research and their own personal experience and their imagination. But they were really, you know, the best writers and the most exciting writers and. Um, that was just really thrilling and I think that continued 
across like lots of our HODs are women, um, lots of our directors are women. And they were also wonderful, brilliant, incredibly talented, visionary people to work with across the process. Um, you know, everybody just felt like they were kept sort of enriching the story and were excited to tell the same story that we were that made us excited as well. And that was just that's just a really like what a wonderful way to work. Rachel, when you watch it back, if you have indeed watched it back, um, how do you feel about its progress since you had the idea and then Alice came on board? Gosh, I mean, it seems a, a lifetime ago that it was just a teeny, teeny idea. Um, it's been a it's been a long journey and there's been lots of very hard work by so many, so many different people. Um, and it it really it does feel like a huge group effort and as Alice mentioned we had so many really amazing collaborators who saw things that I didn't that brought their own visions to it and it was you know and Alice led this whole team of of directors and HODs um, and writers with incredible grace and kindness and care she's also extremely rigorous and (laughs) very detailed and uh quite nerdy in that way she like she's very so she just yeah it was it was amazing it was amazing she's been an amazing boss to have it's just been wonderful it's been a really wonderful journey and really challenging but just yeah we've we've had a lot of a lot of joy throughout so yeah I haven't I haven't I haven't watched it back recently but I was with Alice after I did the acting job then I went back to um so sort of join hands creatively with Alice on the other side of the camera. And I was involved in the edit and doing all the music with her. And so we've been, it's, we've just been, mm-hmm. it's been such a long conversation that we've been having about so many post-production details yeah. in the last year. Um, it's been a, yeah, a big old, big old yummy journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, there must've been so many creative decisions along the way uh, as we've kind of touched upon but are there any that particularly sort of stick out of you as being particularly significant ones where it was quite a big thing you know that you were just okay this is the right direction we're going in with this no I mean that there was there were so 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 many all the time every day and I think for both of us we were sort of learning new jobs very much on the job Mm. like you know and sort of and that's that's wonderfully like creatively fulfilling and like quite again back to that adrenaline and that terror at the beginning but um but very very satisfying as well yeah I mean I think I suppose the biggest the biggest decisions were and I don't want to be too spoilery but a lot to do with plot and story at that sort of script stage I I think we knew where we wanted it to end quite early on and it's yeah it's quite a long way from where it begins so how do we how do we get there um and so some some of those making those turns there was a, there were a few 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 forks in the road yes we can discuss this another time after everyone's seen it because then it'll be a very long and interesting discussion I'm sure um, but let's turn to um, questions from our audience um we've got one here um how did you establish the two distinct character voices both in writing them and in preparation for acting them character workshops biographies backstories or anything similar I don't think we ever talked in like that's that's more Elliot and that's more Beverly. It was they were always quite separate people that we were building, and and yes, we we wrote character biographies in the room, yeah, and shared those and sort of worked on those and then mm-hmm. then you sort of develop questions and sort of think about whether that's 
whether that's right and does it sort of enrich the character and then in terms of establishing the voices as writing whilst you know the different whilst whilst writing the dialogue I mean I don't think about it too much at that stage it's sort of like if you've done all the work and you've had all the conversations and you can sort of really trust that you've built fully formed psychologically complicated characters then then I think I sort of just follow them and and trust that their voices will come out differently I mean I guess voices on a then voices on yeah. the page in that they're distinct characters yeah. they were just from the very beginning just distinct two distinct people who happen to be completely bound up in each other's they just got the same face yeah um and that's that's it in terms of saying yeah. Just radically different to each other. So I went about preparing as I would for if I was only playing one character, but then I just did it again, and their their lives were inextricably bound up with each other. Um, and I had the, you know the gift of great writing and uh, great psychological nuance and complexity. So yeah, my my I didn't have a trick apart from great writing. That's that's really. I mean, the first the first read through that we did, I assumed that somebody else would read that Rachel would pick one twin for the read through. Right. Someone else would pick it up because, of course, she was never going to be literally saying both lines in a sit. But you're like, no, 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 I'm doing it. And you it just did it so effortlessly. And they just they were just like right there, like both twins having a conversation with each other. And it somehow didn't feel that bonkers to watch. It was like, <laughs> oh, no, right. But yeah, the, here they are. Both of them. Yeah, I just thought, oh, I've got to read them both. It would have been weird not to. Like opening a birthing centre so we can do literally just that until the end of time, non-stop baby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do it our way, total control, birthing centre. Well, I think it's credit to you, Rachel, that while watching this one completely forgets that you're not two different people. We, we have another compliment for Rachel from one of our viewers. Um, it's such a cliche question, but watching Rachel perform, it gave me great joy to watch. So my question is, what was your favourite scene to shoot? The opening scene of the show we we shot in the first week, I think on the fifth day, and mm-hmm. it's um, a, a, a dialogue scene between between the twins and, and, and a man who's kind of hitting on them both. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, like <laughs> sharpest writing because uh, he makes kind of sexual, you know, allusions to the fact that twins might, you know, want to have sex with each other and him yeah yeah and and they do not uh, want to do either of those things and uh yeah they kind of just sort of take him apart verbally and and the writing is it's I think it's darkly very funny and um Elliot was eating burgers during the scene and it was a night shoot so it was uh yeah it was a kind of 20 burger night uh, <laughs> uh with with uh, a, a lot of very sharp delicious dialogue and delicious burgers so I really enjoyed that night it was it was challenging but a lot of fun that sounds like a great night (laughs) wonderful um Claire Nichol asks um when or how did you make the decision to write it for tv instead of film again it was when it by the time it came came to me it was Rachel Weiss playing these twins and it's for tv um, so, so honestly, I it never it was sort of never sort of something that we discussed. Should it be a film or should it be for yeah. TV? But I think I think um, I personally can't see a reason to 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 remake that film as a film. It's sort of yeah. it, the the joy was in develop like making and developing these new characters, telling a new story and long form 
like being being able to just go deeper into that relationship. I think that ties into another question we've had that I'm going to adapt slightly because it's quite long, but um, it says, why did you choose to adapt an already successful production as a female remake of a story written and performed by a male writer director rather than write something new? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question. I would say, I think, I think we've made something new. I yeah. think, it, I think it's like, I think it's absolutely, totally a relative of the Cronenberg and, and, and we're huge fans of that film and also think that it's an incredible, wonderful, rightly successful, iconic cult classic film. I didn't, never felt like we were trying to do anything to that film. It was wonderful and we should all watch it again and it's great. Alice, I'm a big fan of all your work, as is uh, Sharon, who has got a question for you. It's been great to see your journey from theatre to screen. Any tips for others on that journey? The really boring one is to like write all the time and particularly if it gives you joy. I always think that writers can really hang out and be kind to each other and because because we're all so different and we all have different voices and if, if we were given the same brief, um, and the same very rigid set of guidelines like our, our different voices would mean that we would tell diff- completely different stories so to like dig in and find find those stories and yeah follow what you want to write and also be really kind to yourself because you know it's it's hard and um or it can be hard I, I mean I think it can it can be challenging but it can bring a lot of joy as well and if it does then you should just keep 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 going keep going keep going that's nice to see our audience looking for advice. Um, Rachel, if, if people, actors in the audience um, want for advice, but, well, did you learn anything new? You've been doing this a very long time and brilliantly, but um, having made this, any words of advice specifically? I mean, I learned so many new things on this. I mean, countless. I had a, a, a totally new experience working with Alice and cooking up the characters at first through conversation and then joining her and the other writers in the writer's room and meeting directors, um, choosing the directors with alongside Alice. I mean, and then being in the post-production, I I learned so much. I mean, um, the the only thing I can really think of is that when I was at at university, I had a little theatre company and we, we were friends and, um, we, we, wrote plays through improvisation there wasn't a writer like Alice but we kind of authored our own work as 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 actors and there was a producer and a director they're all still working in the industry and you know doing doing very well but there was something about the fact that we uh found our own stories to tell because at university you could like put on plays that we were all 18 and if it was you know, someone was a grandpa, was an 18 year old playing the grandpa. So we just decided to do our own thing. We wrote our own stuff. So I don't know, my advice to actors would be to, you know, write your own stuff or find friends who do write or collaborators who do write and put your heads together and just, just find your own material. Cause sometimes like waiting, if you're waiting for jobs or, you know, auditions or whatever, which is that is what happens a lot of the time. Um, you can be, uh, you know, not doing the thing that you love. So for, I guess find people to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Collaborating with you reminds me of, mm-hmm. the, you know, those yeah. when I was a student in, in that way of like yeah. just making stories with friends and putting it on. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's obviously very different. Yes, but. yes, yes. Um, Alice, there's, there's another question um, for you. Um, is this your first time as an exec producer? How do you balance both writer and producer hats? Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. First time show running, first time exec producing. Um, I mean, again, it's it it really was like absolutely learning on the job. 
And sometimes I think that early on, I, d- I don't think I totally realised that what my job was. And also, like, truthfully, like, how, how much, um like, power I had and, like, creative sort of, like, being able to, you know, again, because we had such wonderful collaborators, I sort of feel like I really learned that through them. Sean and Rachel, I think I was often one of the least experienced people on set and sort of I found that everybody around me really wanted to help empower me and I think that I mean that's an extraordinary experience I think I'm incredibly Mm -hmm. lucky I know it's not like that for everybody so so I just really learned as I went and and yeah again I think it's back to the same thing that you said if you find your people like the whole way through the process of course the position like what we're talking about extraordinarily lucky but it's I think yeah, finding your people is just crucial. We've got time for a few more questions if anyone wants to ask one. And um, meantime, you mentioned choosing the directors. And of course, we're talking about collaboration. What specific qualities were you looking for in those directors that you're going to be working with? I mean, I think I, th- I think all of them, I mean, just starting with Sean and because he's a, an exec producer on the show as well, um, he his work is so cinematic and that felt really important to us for television like tv is increasingly like off you know we talk about it as being cinematic and i think his work particularly is like how he how he shoots and his kind of storytelling um his it just always feels like it has such clarity of tone and um and yeah there's just such a clear sort of vision you can really spot a sean durkin piece of work and that that was really important and again going across all of the directors that we worked with Karina Evans her episode it's enormous and 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 kind of very much a new world that she brings us into and and she was so clear and had such a brilliant vision for that um and then of course like Lauren Wolfstein a very different tone and Karen Kasama as well just heaven to work with so everybody just really they just had a really, really clear vision and it was quite there and it's quite different to mm. everybody else's in the show. And and yeah, so that that was I think the first thing, but many other things. And mm. um, we've had another question. Um, you mentioned having all women writers room, which is beautiful. Uh how was diversity across the rest of the production, particularly in regards to disability and race? I, I would say it was a, a relatively diverse team, but still could do better certainly with pertaining to disability I think I think is sort of the sort of short answer. Now I know you said that you don't really think about how people are going to respond to something but what what do you what do you hope people will get from this series in terms of entertainment? I hope it's a ride um <laughs> it certainly was to make to read the scripts and 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 to make it I mean it starts starts in a very grounded place in a recognizable world and then as it progresses it gets more and more heightened and operatic that's the kind of tenor of of the ride I mean it was so many things to us the whole you know across this long conversation so I hope people have a good time it's all that for me and more Um, and our final question from our audience member is what can we look forward to next from both of you so Rachel you first I don't know I'm 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 deep in deep in Dead Ringers uh, <laughs> press right now. So I don't know. Well, we look forward to seeing whatever that is. Thank you. And Alice. Yeah, I'm 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 writing a few things and and um and and you know would would love to do TV again and 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 doing some some more films adaptations um again. Uh trying to finish a play, always trying to finish a play. <laughs> 
for since forever. Um, and a, a film that I wrote, uh, shot last year with Jodie Comer in it, and um, and it's uh, it's Mahalia Bellows' first feature. She's she's made some incredible TV over the last year, and it's her first feature film. And I saw a cut very recently, and I think she's done a beautiful, beautiful job. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel and Alice. You've been absolutely terrific. I've loved talking to you about Dead Ringers, and I hope I get the opportunity to speak to you both about what you do, either separately or together, maybe again. That was Rachel Weiss and Alice Birch. Dead Ringers has just premiered with six one-hour episodes on Prime Video. Girls on Film is an HLA production brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, assistant producer Eleanor Hardy, audio editor Cam Griffiths, and our principal partners Vanessa Smith and Peter Brewer. This conversation was part of the Women in Film and TV UK events programme. Many thanks to the team over at Women in Film and TV UK and at Prime Video. I'm Anna Smith. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. They're both brilliant. They're both liabilities. We are extraordinary. Extraordinary. 